Hello, Save Out Huddlers. So I am here with you today. I'm your host, Erin Miller. And uh, today I bring a special guest, my husband. I've been teasing you that I was going to do a, an interview with him regarding being a spouse of someone who suffers from anxiety. Uh, so I have him here. However, so first of all, we're sitting in our, our empty dining room. So it's nice and echoey. <laughs> But it's comfy, so we're staying here. And uh, we've tried to start this two times, and both kids have woken up calling for us. Our dog is running around. So, you know, this is real life. We might hear some things. And we, uh, we're traveling home today. We are campers. And when I say that, please don't envision us in tents in a field. We are glampers. We have a huge fifth wheel. We have two, no, one bathroom now. We only have one. We used to have two. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when we arrived home, we opened the camper to find that our shower door shattered everywhere. So, you know, it was a three-hour ride of kids who just would not stop asking for things, saying it nicely. And uh, and then the shower door. And then during cleaning, gallon, how many gallons of water... Spanish glass and then three gallons of spilled water. All over all the camper. Over the like leaking out through the slides. So it's been a long evening. Um, but we are here for you. We're excited to chat. And uh, so I, I prepped Dustin on just a few questions I wanted to ask, but just kind of want the, the conversation to go the way it needs to and wherever it's supposed to go. And he's like, oh my gosh, what if I hurt your feelings? <laughs> Like, well, that's not hard to do, now, is it? (laughs) So I told him, I really, you know, we haven't talked to each other about what we're actually going to talk about. Um, So this will be a real conversation for you guys. And I told him I want it to be raw and real because that's the only way to really share our experience to help others. So whether you're listening as the significant other um of someone who has anxiety or the other way around and want to share it with your significant other. And I feel like it, it doesn't have to be significant other. I feel like it could go, you know, whether it's a close friend or family member, like just understanding what someone's going through with anxiety and then also how to support someone who has anxiety because I think it's probably quite the role that you're thrown into, <laughs> say the least. It'll help anybody that hasn't been down this road or had anyone in their lives that they've had to support. So we came up with this. Well, I didn't come up with this idea to interview him. He actually, gosh, I don't know how long ago, a couple months ago, came home one day and was like, I think it would be a really good idea. I don't know if he said to do a Facebook Live or this is before I had the podcast. I think it was when you were talking about when you were going through this uh, starting with the group, and yeah. it was probably at work talking to coworkers that you know we're we're talking about what was going on at home and um, their spouses, and uh, I think it was most likely a husband that said something to his wife that I thought, oh man, this isn't good. But, <laughs> um, you know, she she needs something that he's not giving her. And it's not that 
I'm not one to like offer any advice if they're not saying, hey, what do you think I should do here? It's more or less like when you're a guy on the construction side, you listen and mm -hmm. you groan and you move on. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, I couldn't help but to think, you know, all you would have had to say was this, mm -hmm. that you would have felt so supported. And, mm -hmm. You know, it might, it's out of, might be out of character for you, but it's all they need to keep getting good. through their day and feel good about themselves and their relationship and everything. And I thought, man, like, shouldn't we just, uh, I feel like I have some just like experiences that I could offer phrases, words, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Do you think it's hard though? Cause like my, my height of my anxiety was probably like two and a half years ago. Like yeah. the, my first panic attack, like when it was like, Oh, okay, this is what's going on. So I feel like it's almost easy to be on the other side and see, you can see that this is what's going on, but I guess it's oh, yeah. hard for someone. Like, what would you say? Is there a place for you to say something? Like, you don't see that this is an issue or that this is anxiety or this, you know, I guess it could follow for depression too, or like any type of mental health, but we're specifically talking about anxiety, so that's what we know, but. I think I would interject if, I thought that like it was an ongoing thing or something very blatantly obvious or larger than, you know, much larger than the spouse might think that it is mm -hmm. uh, or that someone's, you know, personal health is in jeopardy or, right. uh, but it's, you know, not, uh, I only want to offer for those who, right. you know, are, are looking for the help. Right. Like no honest advice. Yeah, right. No, yeah. it's not. Because I, I know how I, I don't want to yeah, hurt my relationship with these people right. either. It's, yeah. You know, that doesn't help anybody out. But then they're going to close their doors to me. Yeah. And, you know, I can't, I can't even help if it does escalate. Right. That makes sense. So, okay. I, so we're going to kind of go through it. We'll just see where the conversation goes. I have questions to help us kind of, you know, I think what other people would want to know. That we, if we get to them, we will. But I, I think what's fair to start off with is that, and you can say like you're crazy. That's not at all true. <laughs> but I think before any of this happened, we had a very strong relationship. So I feel like we went into me hitting a rock bottom when our relationship was sound and has a good foundation, and we've already had a good relationship. Would you say so? Would you Oh very, very much so. I think that we would, you know, we're probably <laughs> you know, the the of the stronger side of married couples who, you know, we're going through we had our alone time with mm -hmm. you know, just us and the dog and then one baby girl and then mm -hmm. the, then the son came in and he's, you know, Besides the fact that he's the big problem. Stop! Uh, <laughs> don't talk about it like that. And the source of the smashed glass in the camper. Yeah, he's uh, a little, he's a little <laughs> bitter right now. Because our little guy, there's a hook to keep the door from moving during travel. And uh, he he admitted that he unhooked it. But it was a really good learning experience. He's three. It was. Well, now it we was. know. He knows yeah. not to touch it. And we know to double check everything after the kids leave the camper. Right? It's uh, like even that was a parenting situation. <laughs> Just to have to like think about how you're going to handle that, and, right? And not like you know not freak out. Kid. 
like what's appropriate yeah. to teach them, try to, you know, get in their heads, like, this is important stuff. And yes. Well, and that's, a, we could digress on that, but I think it's all about finding your calm before addressing the situation. So I, I kept it, like, while you were outside, and they kept begging to go out, and I'm like, Daddy is in his yellow zone, like, orange, like, he's pretty red. red. <laughs> <laughs> I was red with no energy. That's, <laughs> <laughs> like, the worst. So he, you know, it's a, it's a really good learning experience, and I think, hopefully they did. Oh well. Anyway, yeah. so what would you say? Like, why? Why do we have a strong relationship? Not, not even. The, I mean, we do now too, and that's probably something that we'll get into. But like, why? Why was our relationship strong? I think we're two before? very similar, driven people that um, you know love the same and have the same drive, work ethic. Um, I don't know, likes, wants, mm-hmm. hobbies, mm-hmm. and, and we're friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like you a lot. Yeah, I always tell people that I, um, it reminds me, like being married to you reminds me of being on a sleepover. Like, you remember when you had that best friend in middle school, and you'd be so excited to have a sleepover with them, like, I just really like spending time with this person? That's how I feel like you. Well, I know, and like, we don't, you know, we, we have our dates Right. And our time away from the kids, and we both yeah. kind of feel the same way about it. That yeah, it's important to you know be us, and right? Have them and not also. get lost, right? And not get lost, and yeah. just the parent parents. Thing. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank goodness, because I feel I feel like our journey through my decline in anxiety, you know, even in it, not very, I didn't think about it very well because I was like, you know swimming under a puddle of mud. I didn't know where I was, but, like, I can see how that can hurt a relationship because it, I mean, to say it's taxing is like an understatement, really, you know? The dealing with the anxiety itself, it's a whole other element of what you and your spouse have to deal with in a day. Right. You know, I, I don't know if like, seeing dealing with it's the right way, but yeah, you know, as a spouse, absolutely. So you have you know work, kids, normal or regular daily chores, and then there's that also that is like just pecking away at that right little bit of energy free time that you might have. Right. It is. It's it completely exhausting. And it's so easy to be like, that's it. I I can't deal with that right now. But that's the most important thing that has to be dealt with at the moment. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you feel that way, but I felt that way too. So being the person suffering from the anxiety, it's the same feeling of like, I, I don't have time for this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, I will do anything to, to make this stop right now. Because I know, you know, it's hard. I would carry this guilt of like, I'm putting my, I'm putting my family through this. Like, I'm putting my kids through it putting my husband through it, like my business could be suffering from it. I, fortunately, I don't think it did. I I think it was actually an outlet for me and kept me above water for the most part. You know, it was like... Well, and then you, so you were feeling that and thinking that you need to make that stop, but you were thinking as a whole, like a big picture, like I can't be doing this every day. Yeah. Um, but then like as the husband, I'm either on the phone or uh, next to you thinking, I, I can't be doing this right now. It's a right. smaller scale thing as yeah. a spouse yeah. in that I need to somehow 
get this to stop now so I can get back to like whatever I'm doing, like whether it was work and you called me, right. or if I was working on something at the house, or if I had the kids and you were working and you called, which happened, you know, regularly, you would call on the way to something, or, um, and then it would be like, in the beginning, it was like, how do I get this to end now? Right. And then it morphed into like, okay, what can I do to help her like get this under control every day? Right. As as a put like, but it changed like in the beginning, especially for a spouse. I think it's like, how do I get this done this time? Right. And it's like isolated. And then we'll go. We'll get away from it. Right. And then it'll start again next time. It's like, okay, how do I get done this time? Where and then I think the change is when you realize that that's not helping. Right. So it's almost like treating it, treating symptoms. Like okay, she has a stuffy nose. Give her. Not that, and I didn't take medicine, which I talked about. Yeah, you did. But it's like trying to get those symptoms to stop, as opposed to like, what is the root cause of this, and how do we fix that? Well, yeah, in the beginning, like I'm trying to think back because it's been a while now since you know this started, or since it was in the height. Yeah. And in the beginning, I think I was like, I know I even said to you a few times, and I would like cringe every time I would say it, but like, do you think you need medication? You know? Oh yeah. I know I said that, and and then like, but now you know, of course, I realize like, well, that. I don't think that was the best route for you, and I think you've proven that. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, I'm like, well, as the husband, I'm thinking, well, if you had medication and this wouldn't happen, then that would be, then I, then we could get through our day. I could get through my day, right. and you wouldn't right. be calling me. Yeah. Or and, and of course, like it wasn't. When I say you wouldn't be calling me, it's not that, like you would be bugging me, but then I wouldn't have to worry about you having those panic attacks or anxiety because you'd have the. Whatever medication you were taking would get you through the day, and, mm-hmm. but it's only gonna, in it my opinion, mask right. what's exactly. going on. And then you know, years down the road, you wean off of that, or right. you know, you might—I don't know a lot, a whole lot about it. I would say mm-hmm. maybe you know, your needs could change, right? And right. the medication could work differently for you or not as well. Yeah. Well, and I, and I didn't. I mentioned that I didn't take medication. I don't know if I went into like why I chose not to. I think. I think I mentioned like the big biggest reason is that we all know medication just does not work the same in my body. It just yeah. doesn't. Like yeah. everything makes me sick. A C section with my daughter, I was vomiting for like twenty four hours afterwards. Like even the nurse was like, Something this isn't normal. I'm like, No, this is this is me. Like I can't handle medication or drugs. I haven't taken Dayquil, I think, in like six years because I'm scared <laughs> what well is, yeah then there's the like the sex aspect I know and, the, like, and that was our other big I can't, concern I don't, I don't want like a you know a stoic wife that doesn't want to do it right because then what's the point it's just it's like shifting the problem into another problem yeah right seriously so you're not calling me at work but I'm not getting laid either <laughs> Well, good thing we got past that and didn't have to deal with that part, right? That's so funny. So, what I'm curious to know what your, because I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, but what was your understanding of anxiety before it was in our house? Like, did you have any knowing of it? Did you know anything about it? What it looked like? Have you you ever experienced? Nothing. Uh, I had a couple people in my lives, or in my life, that. Nine lives. Yeah, right. We're, we're um, <laughs> I know on medication for anxiety, but if, as, like what I knew of and what I thought of was that it was this thing that 
you would go to the doctor and say, I have these feelings, I need help, uh, I feel like the world is too big for me, um, I have a lot going on in my life, that, and, and then the doctor would just write you a script, and then you would take this medication, and it would like calm you down. And right. you wouldn't worry so much about each individual thing. That was kind of like what I thought, and I still don't know if that's you know like what medication does, because I have no experience in it, you didn't take it. Yeah. Um, so I had very little experience in that, plus the fact that, like, I think of how I was raised and my environment was, like, uh, everything was face value, and you didn't really talk a whole lot about feelings. It was like, I feel sad today. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, tomorrow's another day. Right. I feel happy today. Right. I'm mad. You yeah. know, so it's those basic feelings that you go over with the kids. Yeah. But that never really turned into, like, much more than that for me. So that was, that was, it's confusing. It was confusing for me. Yeah. You know, how you would feel a certain way for a prolonged period of time or without, like, there wouldn't be anything that would happen in the moment that would make you feel that way. The feeling would come on or be there or be a trigger of something that you didn't even, you know, realize what it was right. in the beginning or something outside of your control that you needed help um, understanding how to react to it. Right. Yes. Right. So then what... Now that we've been through it and it's something you've been a part, like it's been a part of our lives every day, not anymore, really. No. But no. what is your understanding of anxiety now? And, and I, so, okay, so I posted in my same boat huddle group on Facebook, if anyone, but only like 30 minutes ago, <laughs> I was like, oh wait, I'm interviewing my husband. Does anyone have any questions they want me to ask them? And I loved how... Someone said, can can he mansplain, which I love that term, just like the layman's terms of what anxiety is so that other spouses, um, and not just stereotype men, but I know that just the way, you know, that's a whole different conversation, but I think, um, you know, men's thinking isn't as complex as women all the time. It's not a blanket statement. I don't get angry, but but <laughs> mansplain, you know, how how you could explain to another man or husband who has a significant other who's dealing with anxiety, like how would you explain what it is? From Okay, so what I see in a way that um, it treats you is that it's a feeling outside of your control that comes on, that disrupts your daily function. Right. Um, makes you feel, um, makes you unable to focus on what's going on at the moment. And um, it, it appears as stress, um, and, and like I said, not being able to focus on what's going on in your life, and it, it affects you physically. Mm-hmm. Um, How? You, I, I, from what I remember, I think like you would heat up, and you would shake, and you would yeah. like sweat a little bit, and it would be like, not, you know, what people might be envisioning that are listening to this. But you, your body would change, and you would physically be like unable to function. Like yeah. you would, you you needed it would it would be like you were running a five k mm-hmm. or more than that. But then you would you know sit on the couch or you you, you couldn't keep going with your day. Mm-hmm. It would like drain you. It looks like a like a post diabetic shock. I was going to say something I was just like say, that. For me, it always feels like a, a massive. And we thought that in issue. the beginning that yeah. that might have been part of the issue, but yeah. um, that's kind of how uh, it presented with yeah. you. Um, but I think what 
men or spouses struggle with that don't go through this is that it's, you know, I always thought that it was something. In the beginning, I thought that it was something that was going on with your body that you could control at the moment. Like, right. if you felt that way, well, you need to, I don't know, you know, eat a candy bar. Like, something as simple yeah. as that. Like, yeah. you're going to, there's going to be some, in the beginning, I thought there was a fix yeah. with either your diet, sleep, alcohol, whatever, that could make you, could make this all go away. And tomorrow will be fine. Right. Like immediately. And I, yeah, and I yeah. think that's what like a husband that is unfamiliar with it could think. That it's something right. that is so easily within your control. Yeah. And it's not. And, and the change for me happened when I came to the realization that for us, we need to, uh, I need to support you in finding a long-term solution for this. Because otherwise, it's going to split us apart. And delay your healing. Right. So what was that moment for you? Like, did do you recall an actual moment of, like, an aha, like, this is something bigger that we, we need to figure out together? Or to support? I think it was, like, well, you went to the emergency center. Yeah. Like, the yeah. urgent care. Yeah. Right? Thinking that you were having, like, shock or... Dying. Um, yeah, right. And, <laughs> like, and then, you know, then they were like, well, you're having an anxiety attack. Right. You know, and of course, that's right. when they wanted to give you pills and you didn't take it. You looked yeah. further into it. But that, so there was that. And then you went to the doctor, regular doctor, mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there was a couple times in a row where you would call me at work. And it was always the, it was always the, either I needed to talk me off the ledge or, uh, text messages or one there was a day I had to leave work mm-hmm. and you asked me to come home and it was like uh, really hard for me because I don't have the ability to just like my job is like you know it's physical labor like you're there you're not there mm-hmm. so to, to interview so my my husband is a, an electrical lineman I don't know if that's what you're doing though when no it was that, a foreman and yeah, so he, yeah he was managing linemen um, for a few months and it was at, anyways, it's a job that's not. So I had to kind of like decide of whether, yeah. like, I think part of it was, for me, it was like, okay, I, I just used the vacation day that right. we can't use now to right. go on vacation right. to come home for you because you needed help with the kids. It was like. I couldn't. I remember move. I couldn't move. Yeah. And I think that was part of, that was like when it hit me, like, holy cow, we need to do something about this because yeah. I can't keep coming home from work. And, and that was, like, a small piece of it, but yeah. at the time, that was, like, okay, this is, like, a serious thing. Like, we need to... Right. And I don't, you know, I, so what I would not recommend for a spouse would be to not come home. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I mean, what, what would happen to you if you didn't have support or what could happen to someone? Like, they could <sighs> hurt themselves or... Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's the physical piece of it, yeah, and then there's also the relationship piece of it. Of yeah. you didn't support me again, yeah, or you're not supporting me in this, right? Yeah. And then it drives a wedge between you guys, and then yeah, there goes your relationship, right? Yeah, I don't. I mean, if you hadn't come home that day, and I, I remember how adamant I was, and this is what's tricky about anxiety is that it's it it was I'm so my symptoms are so physical. That it took me a very long time to decipher, am I actually sick with something or is this anxiety? I mean, it took me 
well over a year, maybe two, <laughs> to understand. Yeah. And I remember that day, I was so convinced, I'm like, this is an anxiety, I'm actually really sick. Some things are wrong. So I was completely convinced that I was going to decline, and there was no way. And our kids were too small. Like, at this age, they could have fended for themselves. <laughs> like, if I was on the couch and just told them I didn't feel well, they would have been fine. But it was, however... It was probably a year and a half ago now, right? Oh, it's got to be at least, no, it's it older than that. It was, yeah, well, almost yeah. two years, I so, guess. Yeah, so if it was, say, two years ago, the kids were... A year and a half, yeah. Yeah. So, but then there's also the piece of, like, I mean, I worked for a woman at the time who was also a mom, right. and, and it was wonderful. I just, I straight up explained, like, I have to go with my wife needs my help, and she was like, go. She understood, You yeah. know, it was good. She yeah. was awesome. Like, yeah, I, I and I don't know... Good. But then... Like, if you're out in the construction field with a bunch of guys, and yeah. like, you gotta make something up because then it's like, well, I can't say, like, I gotta go because my wife can't handle being home with the kids. Yeah. And then they're thinking, like, what's. Like, what's wrong with her? Yeah, what's wrong with your wife? Right. You know? But that's also not supportive because then if you do anything, like, as a couple with your friend, with your work friends right. or whatever, right. and they're viewing your wife differently. Yeah. So you almost gotta keep it private for those who you know won't understand. Yeah. Um, and I would just say something like, you know, I don't feel well or, you know, it's so, that's so hard. I don't know that I ever really considered that piece of like protecting me. Well, you know, and and there's the people who aren't listening to this and don't have anyone in their lives that don't deal with it. And they just thought your wife's crazy. Right. You know, well, that's not the truth. And I don't want people thinking that. Are you (laughs) sure? As of right now, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my gosh! So it was just like the collection of all th- those instances that were pretty close together that you realized, like, we gotta do something about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. So then, what? Because, and I, I've explained through some episodes, like the different things that I've done. Like the main things were therapy, hormonal nutrition, chakra healing meditation, essential oils, like, (laughs) (laughs) why do do you laugh? Well, all those, all those things are out of my realm, except therapy, which I, you know, was, I did have some when I was a kid. For a short time, yeah. Yeah, which was, and my therapy was only due to like a medical condition that I actually had that. I found through when I was bike racing that. So you went through, like, cognitive behavioral. Yeah, I needed some of that, and and it was helpful for me, and then that kind of woke me up to therapy, because other than that, before that, or if I didn't have that in my life, I would think that therapists are crazy, too, you know? (laughs) Just like chiropractors. (laughs) (laughs) What are you kidding? We love our chiropractors. Now I'm all light into chiropractic care and everything, but now my... my, uh, my family would, oh, there's backcrackers, you know, and I'm sure yeah. they're not going to be happy hearing this, but, um, well, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, yeah, I think a lot of people have that perspective with this kind of stuff, quote unquote, you know, that, that, uh, it's not mainstream, basically like everything not covered by insurance is, <laughs> yeah, which is like totally <laughs> ass backwards. We know that now right. we're like starting to see that the light of what? the medical care industry is more important than solving is, you know, the root of it. You make more money taking care of cancer than fixing it, right? Right. Selling right. drugs and everything. Right. I'm um, not saying that none of that's good, but um, people seem to, society seems to view that as okay. Like yeah. getting medical think, care for physical ailment. Right. But beyond that, it's like, I think a lot of it's 
misunderstood. Or... Yeah, I think it's just a lack of understanding, too, because I didn't know any of this stuff before. And I remember going through my hormonal nutrition, I was literally blown away. Like, holy shit, food fixed me. Like, they wanted to give me Lexapro and Xanax, which would have possibly taken... I know myself, and it would have, like, shifted into different problems. Like, like being stone cold, like, no affect, no sex. But, but I... <laughs> love you. <laughs> when you were doing the seeds, too. Yeah, I did seed cycling. Seed cycling seemed yeah. to really help you. Incredibly. And I thought that was nuts, too. But I'm like, well, if it's working for this girl, this I might girl. argue. This girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did, are there any of those things that you saw? How, what question do I want to ask here? What did you see as the most helpful if there was one of them? Well, the therapy got you going. Right. Um, so you started with therapy and the diet, right? I think, yeah, hormonal nutrition and therapy was like, yeah, the hormonal nutrition. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And that was like, that was a hard one for me too. I know. Because you were like, I want to spend this money. And, it was and, a good amount of money. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, uh, you know, not covered by insurance. Right. And it was kind of like, that was the beginning of the whole woo-woo that you might call it. Yeah. And, but I guess you get to the point where it's like, okay, well, I need, you need to try it and I'll support you. And um, I, the spouse has to realize that. Or come to the understanding that they need to support their wife in whatever crazy thing they feel like they need to do to help themselves. And right. Then you can also be the um, the judge of like, is this helping you or not? Yeah. And then like the outside that's where the see. husband needs to kick in and say, "Hey, this isn't helping you if it's not." Or right. And acknowledge that it is because if if you don't acknowledge that then how's that going to make you feel? Right. Like, I would tell you, hey, this, you had a great day today. Yeah, you did. This seems to be working for you. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I'm happy mm-hmm. for us. Kids are happy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there was that piece of it, too, that's like, and you know how I am with money. It's, like, hard to let go. Oh, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so if I could, I think anybody can. Yeah, I would say so. Um, <laughs> but it is hard to make that initial like splurge or yeah like just yeah go do your thing the decision that and you researched a lot too oh yeah but you know you were telling me this stuff about the hormonal nutritionist and uh, the therapist I took like I got that yeah and and that was a hard one too like I'm gonna go once a week indefinitely like well what's indefinitely mean? <laughs> you know <laughs> seriously though I know it, it's just, it's like real life. Do. Everybody that's listening to this probably goes through the same thing. Yeah. Like, well, it costs money, right? Yeah. And money brings stress on a relationship. So then it's like, how do you, it's almost like a vicious cycle feeling of like, you know, how does your spouse feel about you spending that money, but that money's helping you? Right. And it's like, yeah. a, and it's, it's a complex it's equation. It is. Well, and I, I think for me, how I explained was that I just needed there, that there would be an end point or to get to a point of like once a month or just as needed and that I needed basically like just please trust me that I'm not going to go more than I have to. Um, and I, that's something my therapist and I talked about a lot is that we would check in regularly 
like, how are things going? How do you feel like this relationship, not you and I, but my therapist yeah. and I, like, how is our relationship? Am I supporting you well enough? Do you, do you still want to see me this much? Should we pull back? Whatever. Um, and at this point, I haven't been to therapy since February, maybe, um, just because I'm yeah, getting other support and told her that I, you know, I feel good and that she's there. Like, if I need her, we can schedule an appointment and, and go in. So, right. Um, so I want to ask you, <laughs> with, with the idea of support in trusting my judgment and, like, swallowing that, okay, this is not covered by insurance and we're spending money, but this is going to continue to help her. How? <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, what this, was... is a, this is not written on your notebook. <laughs> question. <laughs> I have not been prepped. <laughs> it's, what, what was your thought when I came to you and said, because it was my hormonal nutritionist who did the chakra healing. When I said I want to spend, I don't even remember how much money it was, but I'm, I'm certain that it was more than the hormonal nutrition. I think it was. Um, wait. The chakra healing that I did. So I had the hormonal nutrition, so we would have our regular yeah, calls yeah. for the hormonal yeah. stuff. Restart endpoint, because it was maybe, I don't know, it was like 10 or 12 weeks doing that. And then when that ended is when she was, I think around the same time she became certified and her shock, it's called Shockerty. And she offered that service, and it was something I was really... And she talked about it a little bit in our our um, meetings regarding the, the nutrition stuff. And I knew, I was like, oh, this is so up my alley, and I feel like I need it. But it was like, holy... <laughs> this is... I mean, talk about woo-woo. I was like, how am I going to explain to my PA Dutch husband that... I want to give somebody money to read my chakras with with pendulums over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How, seriously, though, like, because I think that's hard for some people to to swallow. It's scary. Like, it was very scary for me to come to you and say, like, this is something I'm interested in and this is how I want to spend money to help continue battling my anxiety and I felt so strongly like even if you said no I would have been like I, but I have to well I know that too about you so it <laughs> wasn't so much a question of like can I yeah it but was, will you support it I'm gonna do this and this is how I'm asking you <laughs> so it's best for me to just be okay with it and trust that you have right. done research and, and the other part is that you've been you had progress Right. And it was like, okay, I mean, it'd be one thing if you were trying all these things and you weren't having any progress, but the combination of all those things really helped you get over the the ledge or the other side of right. recognizing your anxiety and dealing with it and living with it and, and overcoming it. Yeah. So there was like a little bit of progress with the hormonal nutritionist and then yeah. your diet and yeah. then um, the therapist. Yeah. And the hormonal nutritionist ended, and then you wanted to try something else, but you were making progress. And it was like, okay, I mean, I trust that you you put a lot of time into researching it. Yeah. And, uh, like, I, <laughs> I think there was, there was a time when 
I walked into the bedroom at night and you had like candles lit and you had like cards spread <laughs> out on the bed and you had rocks on your stomach and I was like, where am I? I mean, I get like, I did the smart thing as a husband. I didn't laugh and I didn't say anything. Right? Like, I laughed a little bit. Like, we both looked at each other and laughed because we realized we how knew. crazy the yeah. situation looked. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I didn't make fun of you. Right. No. And, no, and I would laughed. never do that. Yeah. Um, if the, I, Hey, if you want to put rocks on your stomach by your belly button to, like, help you feel better and it works for you, I don't, I don't care yeah. what you do. Good, because I love my crystals. <laughs> it's so funny. Almost, Don't show me the bills for the crystals. Oh my gosh, they cost nothing. Unless you get bit, like seriously. So anybody who doesn't know anything about crystals, I'll do a podcast on that too maybe one day, but they cost like seriously a few bucks. I'm talking like $3. But I, can't, I think I came home one day and you, had, you were like, yes, my crystal's here. It was like this random looking rock that some woman <laughs> sent you from like Kentucky. It was like... <laughs> Oh my God! There's a woman in Kentucky that found these people to ship rocks to from her backyard. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Like, and I, of course we joke about it. I'm like, well, I found some rocks out for you in the backyard. You know, they were free. But it's, well, they do. They and, and it's fun to joke about it, but you know, you know, ultimately, if you don't feel supported, like it's not right. Work. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's understanding. Like, I can banter. About I think, it. I, like, I only take it as far as I know that you'll be okay with. Right. But then, if the spouse crosses the line of like making fun of you and right. you're not cool with it, then, you know, what's that mean for you, for your relationship? Well, and well, I think that's where we, we have good communication because, you know, I would say my feelings are hurt when you say that. Please support me. And this is how you can support well, me. Well, you wouldn't say that right away. You would be... Not no, not in like not in the, the exact moment you hurt my feelings. Yeah. I would go have hurt feelings, get out of my red zone, <laughs> and then talk to you about it. It's right? fiery red zone. Yes, I'm a I'm a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? <clears throat> okay, let's see what questions we haven't covered. I know a few. I just want to see. Um, how? Oh yes. So when I was at. My rock bottom. How did you support yourself? Like, did you have... And I know you, so I know you're not going to come out and be like, I took bubble baths and meditated. (laughs) (laughs) But did you... Was there anything you did for yourself? that? And I don't know the answer to this. Like, any type of self-care to, like, to help you through a tough day because I had a tough day? Or, like, how did you fill your bucket? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know that I did anything special for myself. Yeah. I mean, I I had my like stints of going for walks in the morning, right? Yeah. With the dogs, and that was kind of like You're that fine. would clear my mind. Yeah. And, and I also have like a decent ride back and forth from work, and I like would try to space out. Yeah. And then I would come home and numb out. And, Is like, that good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> I would come home and park and just sit there in the car, like. I'll do it, like Cameron and Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I'll go. You would, though. You did, because you don't really do that as much anymore. No. Like, you get home and you get right out of the car. You did for yeah. a long time. You would just come home and sit. A long time, like, for a period of 
like days or weeks or months, but not a long time. Like I wasn't sitting in the car. Oh for an yeah, hour right, right, right. By. Like I'd sit there for a few minutes and be like. That's what I mean. Yes, <sighs> but it would take okay. you a few minutes. There was there was a long time period within my my battle with anxiety that you'd get home from work and I would see your car roll up and like five minutes later I'm like huh where'd you go but I recognized you needed that and I think we even had a conversation about that didn't we well and you you didn't like that I would come home and like bend down front of the right. and everything so you were like take it you gotta wait in the car if you want I was like okay well then I need to wait yeah, in the car I, well and I think you know in that conversation my concern was that Especially when they were that young, the they weren't were in school. Yeah, that they would be so excited for daddy to come home, and you would get home, and you, you would need, a, rightfully, a minute yeah. to your, just yeah. to kind of like, I need a minute. Well, you know? I don't have like a lot of downtime in that. Like, I'm not in front of a computer. I right. can't. Right, you're like, always uh, working. None of the social media stuff, which I like. Like, I couldn't really be involved with that at work. So, like, I would yeah. come home and like veg out for a few on that, which I think a lot of people do. But then. Yeah. Um, so I would do that in the car before I would come inside, then I could be inside with you. And I also, like, would try to figure out, like, time my caffeine intake so that I still do this. Like, I get uh, cold coffee and drink it, like, on my way home. Oh, man. So that way it's kicking in and, you know, I need the caffeine. <laughs> I don't want to come home and be like, so I recognize in my body that, what the timing was I needed to be like alert and there right. and if I needed that cup of coffee to like refocus myself and get moving again well cause you get I would home time kind of that like, like I can't get home and be physically exhausted and then like okay I'm gonna make a cup of coffee now and then like not be able to be involved in anything right while I was doing that and then waiting for the caffeine to kick in yeah uh, I sound like an addict having this talk, but seriously, <laughs> like, like, I, <laughs> hey, whatever, like, we all know what we need, and, I know, uh, well, that's a whole different conversation, of how you can, like, feel your body differently to not I do, like, the wake up cup in the morning, and then the, well, yeah. uh, a refreshed cup in the afternoon, nothing, you know, I don't drink it all day long, but, yeah, uh, that's how I found that it's helped me stay alert and make the best of the day, right. Um, well, and I think, like, as far as your self-care, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you, while you're also a Leo, and have your fiery moments... I don't believe in that stuff, by the way, either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. I know it. But you, you're much more even-keeled than I am, in that you, um, I don't want to say black and white, but, like... It's almost, it's like there's more compartmentalizing as far as, you know, I'm upset about this in this moment. I'm going to deal with what, right, what is right in front of me. Almost like you, you're naturally a very present, grounded person, I feel. And that's, I think, why I'm so attracted to you because I'm, I'm literally like flying high all the time. <laughs> I'm attracted to you too, for the record. <laughs> uh, yeah, well... I don't know. I, yeah, I take things at the moment right. for the most part, which right. is why it's like a little hard in the beginning for me to think about the long-term yeah. aspect yeah. of helping fix you, for lack of better words. Yeah. But that, you know, I always try to fix like whatever the moment is and then move on. 
Right. And it doesn't necessarily work in this, um, in, in what you've been dealing with. Yeah. So that was like maybe part of my delay in the help that I thought, well, I'll just, you know, we'll fix it this time and we'll move on. But that's kind of what I, like, that's kind of how I feel like with most things in life that let's just, you know, do whatever we need to do at this moment. We'll get past it. Right. I don't sweat it or I can't look back. And, yeah. Well, that's, and that's what I mean. And that's you can't, like, for you, you know, if, um, yeah, I don't have words anymore, but, um, can't fixate or get, get lost in yeah. a missed opportunity or something that bothered you days, right, right. weeks, months right. ago. Right. <clears throat> okay. So for any, I don't, I mean, I guess it could be for anybody listening who uh, is someone who has someone in their life with anxiety. Like, did you find that there were like words or phrases that you would use that you would say and be like, Oh, that didn't work. That made it worse. (laughs) Or like, and then on the flip side, what have you found to be like a super supportive thing to say or, or do? Um, so what, what didn't work in the beginning and I would like, cringe every time I would say this, but like, do you think you should go to the doctor or do you think you should get medication or like what happened in your life today that made you feel this way? Mm -hmm. Uh, those things don't work. Right. Um, and also facial gestures or like eye rolls or stuff like that. Like you really need to be aware of how you are as a spouse, as a supportive spouse, like present in the moment of like, are you fully there? Are you listening? Are you giving, not so much the impression, because hopefully you feel this way, but are you making this person understand that you do want to help them and do want things right. to change and want them to feel better? Um, and then what I found that um, worked with you or what to avoid was like figuring out what your triggers were. So your triggers were stomach, bug, mm-hmm. uh, germs, public places, vomit, diarrhea. <laughs> I <laughs> mean that stuff and like uh, it's I've had to embrace the the um, like I figured you are crazy with spraying the kids hands yeah with the yeah. Clorox cleaner yeah and I know that yeah and I can't like I just yeah give me the bottle I'll take it mm-hmm. if I took the kids out I took the bottle with and I wouldn't do that without you but I know that if I spray the kids hands and when you ask me to do spray the kids hands I better have. And there may have been a time or two that I wasn't sure if I did, but I told you I did. Uh, and, I, and it was with complete confidence. Yes, yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's true. Like, hearing that is is okay. And I think it's important because if you were like, oh, I'm not sure if I did, it would trigger me. Oh, you would have started shaking and that would have been it. Yeah. I would but have been lost. I, you know, I knew that. And believe me, like I remember being at a birthday party. I think it was at, uh, it was at one of those. Uh, bouncy. Yeah, bouncy. Oh. That's where I was. And we were like getting ready to have pizza. And I had the kids. You were probably working. Yeah. But I had both kids there, and it got time to like go eat pizza. And they make you like they spray your hands there. Yeah. I think they have like a spray station you go yeah. over. But I knew like that was not the Clorox spray that you had. <laughs> so I had that in my pocket, and I like. After that, like I had the kids before they were eating in front of like all these parents and all these other kids, I made the kids wait 
so I could spray their hands with this Clorox spray. And I like I saw parents looking at me like I was crazy. Like I was like yeah. it was me, something right. that I needed. Right. You know, they didn't know that it was because you were gonna ask me later if I sprayed the kids' hands with the Clorox spray. Right. And and so I just did it and whatever. Like I don't they can judge me if they want, but if that made us better or you feel better or yeah. like, you know, complimented your needs. Yeah. That was more important than they looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. And I, so I don't know if the listeners know, <clears throat> but part of, so my anxiety heightened after our son was born, but the, the root cause, which I learned through all of the stuff I did was that our daughter became very sick with the flu. Um, when she, I don't know what, nine, nine months, months old, that it was misdiagnosed. We ended up in the hospital and she was fine, you know, and, um, we were fine. Everything was okay. And then immediately after that, she got a stomach bug. And even being a school counselor and being in schools forever, I was, like, completely ignorant to what a stomach bug was. I'd never um, really experienced one, like, the norovirus to the extent that it has become. <clears throat> so she got that at 10 months old. And then I got it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I was seeing your daughter that's sick. Like, she was vomiting for hours, and we were in her room on the floor. We slept on the floor yeah. that night. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was just, it was scary. It was we were scary. New we were parents new parents. And didn't know what was wrong with her. And I was still nursing, and then I got the stomach bug, um, and I lost my milk supply. And I was devastated because I was, you know, at that point she was 10 months old, and I had, um, at that point, was very committed to nursing her to being uh, a year old at least and I also became pregnant with our son right at that time that I got the stomach bug so then so here I was I lost my milk supply I was frantic around town looking for the ingredients to make these nur- these nursing cookies that like help replenish yeah. your milk and looking for like fenugreek and stuff like desperate to find my supply back so I wouldn't have to give our daughter formula and not that that's a bad thing, but it's like for for a stomach bug to take that away from me, like I was, I was so angry and I felt it was truly that state of survival, which is what anxiety is. So, um, you know, we went through that and then later found out I was pregnant with our son and then I was terrified that something, you know, that he could have gotten hurt somehow with me having a virus like right near conception, all of that. So anyway, it's that and. <laughs> So then with, with the stomach bug, there's a Clorox hand spray that is the only hand sanitizer that kills the neurovirus. Like, I le- legit had neurophobia <laughs> for some time, which I think I've, I'm past that now. I'm still not, like, I don't no, think anyone... No, you're so much better now. It's, I mean, and there was, <laughs> there was, like, specific... So that was one specific instance. There was another one where, like, I was working a side job until, like, 10 o'clock at night. And I think there was, you had like friends over and then you found out when I went home that one of the, one of the kids got sick and was like got the stomach bug and you called me and you were like, you have to get spray, the spray that kills the neurovirus, which is like the one Lysol that you got to read the ingredients and it has the, yeah. it kills that virus. Yeah. And I was in like Bethlehem working and I was with my dad and, uh. I told him, I was like, we have to stop. We have to find Lysol that kills a neurovirus. And he was like, what? Like, right now? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And, uh, you know, of course I was judged. But um, I was like, well, I, 
I've realized as the supportive spouse that the issue is not... So it's easy for a guy to think, like, whatever, we don't need this tonight. Right. And chances are everyone would be okay, but you wouldn't be okay, right? Mm-hmm. So I found myself at, like, 11 o'clock at Wegmans reading labels on freaking Lysols <laughs> to find the neurovirus. And, uh, like, man, that was, like... Uh, I mean, it sticks in my mind today. It was probably... Is that one of those rock bottom moments? <laughs> like, this is a serious issue. It was, but I knew that if I was going to support you, that I better come home with Lysol that had neurovirus on it. Um, Do you feel like doing stuff like that, though, for me? And while other people's anxiety isn't going to manifest as a fear of the stomach bug, but like right. with, with understanding that it all manifests differently... Like, you found that as supportive, like, taking the time to clean the kids' hands, even with feeling judgment, and leaving a job to find Lysol. Do you feel like that is, um, what is the word, Co- like, codependency, or, like, feeding into the anxiety? Feeding into it? Yeah, like, making it worse, or... No, I don't feel like it made it worse. I mean, if I didn't do those things, you wouldn't be able to, you know, help yourself, right? Like, yeah. You wouldn't have gotten yeah. better if I couldn't have supported you in those feelings that yeah. would get you through the day. And ultimately, you were working on it. You were working on the fix for it while you were dealing with those fears. Right. Yeah, I agree with that, that I feel like you... So, as, so those are very small moments. Right. As a whole. Right. Just like you calling me saying, hey, I need this cleaner. And I think the important part is for the husband to realize, like, the importance of those moments. Like, those moments, if you don't come through and support your other half in those moments, that those are the ones that might drive a wrench between you guys. Right. Or, you know, not give that feeling of support. Yeah. Just like, you know, and then they'll add up. And then it'll be like, you're going to deal with your anxiety plus uh, your issues with your spouse. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, I want to like I took I tried to take that out of the equation that I didn't want you to have like feelings towards me while you were dealing with this. Right. That yeah. would like not be good at all. Do you hearing that? Do you feel like were you ever resentful at any point of of like I'm taking one for the team here so she can get better, like she doesn't understand what I'm doing for her. I think resentment is a natural feeling that you need to talk yourself through. Um, You know, the person that's feeling it. Like if I, of course I was gritting my teeth at 11 p.m. in Wegmans looking for a neurovirus on a Lysol can. But like that, so that, but then I would try to think of like, once I got it and I was back in the car and I'm driving home, I'm like, she's going to be really happy that I found this. Or, you know, she's probably not going to have it because she's Lysol in the house at 11 o'clock dealing with her um, feelings about stomach bug. But all I could think about is, like, how you would feel if I didn't come home with that. So it was really important for me to come through at that moment. I would still be out there. I would not have come home that night (laughs) if I didn't have that or if I couldn't find that. Um, Well, for me... You know, I don't, I vaguely remember that instance, (laughs) but I think that's really important to know that. So while that really stuck out for you, because it was, you know, 
um, such a moment to have to do that and like feel the judgment and put away any feelings of resentment and all of that. I, I did not feel judged. I didn't feel like you didn't understand me. So that's, it's interesting. And like, I feel so grateful knowing that you're such a good guy. I love you. you. (laughs) I took one that like, you, you, it, I think that it worked if you don't remember it. You didn't. Yeah. You know, you didn't have an attack that night. Or, right. Uh, yeah. There was another one, too. I'll, I'll probably, it'll come to me. But. <laughs> I'm sure that was. Oh, John say. Paul. I, I, there was a time that John Paul had, um, he, he vomited. And you were away. And you, were, you were working. And I knew, like, if I called you and said that he vomited, like, that would have been it. So it's very typical for a husband I think if a kid throws up to like call their wife and be like, he's throwing up, I don't know what's going on, right, I need help. Right. Well, I did not, I knew better than to do that. Do I even know about this? Yeah, because I told oh, you okay. when we got home, it was like no big deal. But when I, wait, I waited to find out if it was like reoccurring or he just threw up. Right. You know, sometimes right. kids throw up. Yeah. And I know that. Yeah. But, but you didn't, at the time, you didn't know that. No. Everything was tied I, to, I think oh my that, gosh, he has but... a flu or he has a stomach bug. Yeah. And you would, like, life would stop, and you would wait around for him to be sick. Yeah. So I, after he vomited, I cleaned it all up, and I waited. And he didn't vomit again. And he seemed normal, and he ate something, and he went about his day, and I put him to bed as normal. And then you came home from working, and I, I did not tell you when you were driving, because you were on your way home. Right. I waited until you got home, and then I was like, hey. By the way, you know, John Paul vomited this morning and hasn't since then. He has no symptoms, no fever. You know, I set all that up front. Right. And you must have done, dealt with it pretty well because you don't even really remember it. I don't at all, actually. Um, Once I like blacked But then out, that's like <laughs> another instance where uh, it could have easily been turned into something that didn't right. need to be, but I, I recognize that as... But you had to keep it to yourself yeah. and wait until I was home. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. Just, you know, we're talking about specific instances, very specific to my anxiety and like you had to deal with it. But I think that's what's important for a significant other to understand is that is to understand what are the triggers for your significant other and, and being the strength and understanding of how, how to deal with certain situations that could be triggering to basically protect and support your spouse so that they can continue to work on their journey to heal. And so speaking of that, because I know, I mean, the work that I put in to heal was the hardest work I've ever done in my life. And I, it, takes, it takes a strength I didn't know that I had, to be honest. So how, like, what, for you as a, a spouse, like, what did you see... What did you see me doing that, like, gave you the trust to know, like, okay, I can hold this from her, or I can carry this for her because she is doing the work and she is getting better? So I guess it could be, like, two questions. Like, what did you see me doing to, like, create that trust for you? And then another question could be, like, what would you have done if I wasn't helping myself? Like, what if I wasn't going to therapy? What if I wasn't trying chakra? What if I, you know, had I not take, you know, if I needed medication but didn't take it or, like, what if I wasn't doing anything to help myself? Then how do you deal with that? 
Uh, I don't know. That's such a hard question. Like what? Uh, trying to think back to like what? It, I mean, that that could that could turn into like divorce yeah. or suicide or something like that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, right? well, it's like, serious. It, could, it yeah. could turn into a really big thing. I mean, fortunately for me, you want to help yourself, and yeah. you're a strong person, and and you're always you know trying to better yourself. So that just fell right into that role. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I probably would have like really pushed and forced you to take medication because at the time that was the only thing I knew of that right, could help me. Right. Yeah. I probably would have you know tried to like drive you to the doctor or. Like yeah. Jam pills down your throat. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm so glad I didn't get to that point. But then also, like, uh, I recognize that the most important thing at the time was me to support you and whatever you wanted to do to try to make yourself better. Yeah. So, did like, what was I doing that you saw that developed that trust for you? We were going to the doctor. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people may not do right away or those that suffer from depression don't seek help. Right. Um, then you did the therapy thing and then you went into the hormone and nutritionist and that I, I know like really helped like the seed cycling yeah. and helped you like physically throughout the day because you were going through like highs and lows with your diet and yes. you were like dropping off and yeah. you would you know need to take breaks and yeah. like couldn't be present all the time. Um, so you, you got that under control. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, you just can, you just showed continued progress. Right. It's hard work, man. It's been such a journey. Oh my gosh. And like to think about, it's scary for a husband to, so I think, I think a lot of husbands might feel scared in that yeah. like, where did this person go that was my girlfriend and I went on dates with and, like, she was driven, uh, easygoing. Uh, there was a lot of, like, it was heavy. Like, there wasn't, so there wasn't a lot of laughing. Nope. There wasn't a lot of, like, fantastic, free-spirited moments. Nope. Um, so that was hard to, like, take in. Like, I had moments where I was, like, I would think, like, hey, what happened to this girl? Yeah, you know, but too. I got her back, though, which is awesome. Did you? My yeah. yeah. So do you feel, like, going through all of this together, do you feel like, do you feel like it's changed us, changed us as a couple at all? I've never actually thought about this, so I'm asking. Like, I don't think it changed us as a couple. I think it could have changed us as a couple. Yeah. Um, so I think we were successful in the sense that, we were strong when we went into it. We still are, I think. Oh, I yeah. You tell me. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think so. I think we're pretty okay. Um, I, like, we're back, I think. I think so. Like, I think of you as the girl I dated. Yeah. And I did it for a little while. It was kind of like, who's this person? Like, what? So it's, and it's fearful, too. Like, what's she going to turn into? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and those fears are the same that I have. I think it's fair to mention, so how long have we been together? We we started dating... Like... Hold uh, 13, 14 years ago? Yeah, it'll be... Thir- it'll be 13? It'll be 13 years in January. Yeah. So we've been together for a long time. So, you know, to be with a person who is a certain way, 
up until... Yeah, for the first nine or ten years. Yeah, to all of a sudden they, be different. And they turn into someone else. Yeah. And it's scary. It, it is. Yeah. Well, uh, it could have been easy to, like, I don't know. You could you could just get divorced. Right? I think, well, and I think that's, I don't... Ten years in, you change. Yeah. Uh, you know, forget it, I don't know. And I feel like everybody changes, especially going into parenthood especially women because your world is rocked. Like you're so excited to be a mom and then you just like complete, you lose who you are when you become a mother and not in a bad way. Really. I think that you grow into this other person, but so many women going into motherhood, I think are faced with anxiety, depression, um, and other mental health Issues that are sometimes not fully recognized. My cat is stepping on the computer. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a hard thing anyway to become parents and to become a mother and to figure out that new part of your life. And I, that's why in the beginning I asked about how how strong our relationship was. And I think that was very good for us going into this. Not that we could have ever prepared for it, but I think it just shows how important it is to put your relationship first and um, to make it a priority because really I think that's what got us through this. It was a lot of work. And, and it was like so much for, work. for guys, uh, you got to like, you got to not be a guy for a little bit. I mean, not <laughs> like you don't have to be a woman, but um, there were like guys nights yeah, I would kind of have to. to decide. Like, yeah. yeah, there were some guys I decided to go to. Right. Which is like I, every Wednesday. Yeah. I try to drink with guys, and you know it recenters me, and we can bullshit and talk about our wives and stuff like that. Stuff. So- <laughs> you, know, you don't know that we talk about our wives. <laughs> but anyway, I would have I'll to. Things. And, and the same thing is like I would have to kind of like mask that when I would talk to them. Like I would, right. for lack of better words, I would make stuff up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I couldn't say, like, I can't go because Aaron's not in a good place tonight. It's like, right, can you, can you right. imagine how that would go over with a bunch of guys? No. Nope. They wouldn't be supportive of that. So, like, don't, for men, don't put yourself out there and let, it, let that get to you. Um, yeah. You know, do whatever you need to do to be with your wife and don't let the haters hate. Like, yeah. you need to make something and it's got to be, like, post before bros at that time. Like seriously, <laughs> I you, love you that. It's like, true, though. Yeah, it's about priorities. Yeah, yeah. You can't lose sight of the prize. Yeah. Are you saying I'm a prize? You are. A prize. All right. I knew I loved you. <laughs> You're awesome. All right. I feel like we hit everything, and we have like good time going here. So, um, are there any other final thoughts that you have? The most important part is what I just said. Yeah. That you have to be right. there for your wife when spouse. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Probably going to be a wife. Yeah. That's listening to this. And, yeah. You know. Anyway. But whomever. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be there for the person. And that needs to be priority until you need to be very aware of like where they are, how they're mm-hmm. feeling, mm-hmm. triggers, what you should and should not do, and how they might feel, how that may affect them. So think about, like, how is this going to make them feel? Mm-hmm. 
It I, is. I that's the most well, important. Yeah, and I think that's a part of marriage, too, and a lot of important relationships where this could affect you is that, you know, through vows in getting married, it's the for better or worse, and that you, you're a united couple, like you're one, and that there are times that to, to stay strong that someone kind of has to do a little more of the heavy lifting. And then there will be a time down the road, I'm sure I might have to do some of the heavy lifting, you know? Well, you, and I don't want to, like, talk like I fixed this. All I did was I was supportive and you, like, you did the work. All I did was chose when to and when not to do things and what to say yeah. and how yeah. to be supportive. Yeah. But that's, like, so, could so easily be missed by someone. Right, and I, I couldn't... I couldn't have done it without that support. I don't know if I can say that, though, because knowing myself, I'd be like, <clears throat> excuse me, I would have found a way. You would have fixed yourself, but it probably would have been driven us apart. Yeah. So right. you're better, and we're still boyfriend and girlfriend. We still are. Will you date me? Absolutely. I love you. <laughs> Let's ditch the kids. Okay. <laughs> Just for a night. Or two. All right. I think we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope that it helps um, anybody listening, to, whether you deal with anxiety or not, to have more perspective and the bigger picture of how it can affect a household. Um, so thank you. You're awesome. I love you, babe. I love you, too. So much. Let's go smooch. Okay. All right, so anyone who's listening, I know I referred to my group, Same Book Huddle. It's a free group on Facebook. Just go to uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Same Boat Huddle. It is free. I'm in there live every Tuesday giving tips um, and try and pop in throughout the week. Um, and I love being active in there, and it's a group of fabulous ladies in a really great community, and I talk about a lot of stuff in the group that we talk about here on the podcast. If there's anything specifically you'd love for me to talk about in another episode, always feel free to contact me, Erin at ejoicephotography.com. You can follow me on social media um, on Instagram. My handle is at photog Aaron J. That's P-H-O-T-O-G Aaron J. I think that is it. That is all. So I will be back next week. Have an awesome week. Take care. Thanks for being here. And we're out.